who's here because they are a father? It's everybody. We should have done the other way. Who's not a father? Okay, but you want to be. Yeah, yeah, okay, head, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I spend a lot of time talking to parents, especially when they find out uh, that I am a parent. It's like street cred that I didn't even know that I had. I've been a dad for 15 years. Um, and those days have certainly gone by very quickly. I feel like it was just a few moments ago when my oldest daughter was born. I remember that day so well. We were purchasing the crib that morning. And my wife looked at me with that look when she got that first contraction, and I was like, we're not ready (laughs) for this (laughs) at all. Uh, I had plans to get that crib put together that day. I knew the car seat was somewhere in the garage. We were going to find that. Uh, The bag wasn't packed. I I still don't even know what's supposed to be in that bag. And I have four kids, like that wasn't ready. The nursery wasn't done. Like we just had so many things that we still wanted to do. I walked into fatherhood that way, just feeling like I had so much stuff I wanted to have ready and I was hoping to get to, but I just didn't quite get it done. That little girl's not so little anymore. She's uh, 15, getting her driver's license permit, so fair warning if you're in Santa Clarita this afternoon or this weekend, you've been warned. Uh, (laughs) If you've been a parent for any amount of time, I I think you'll agree. So often we, we feel like we just became parents. Those sleepless nights and those, you know, hard moments, those Diaper blowouts, you know, two in a row. Come on, man. How how is this even possible? Like, we got through that stuff, and everyone said, when we had our first child, everyone said it would go really fast. I remember those older parents saying, you need to enjoy these moments. I used to think those parents were crazy. Like... Joy? Like, how they forget? Or is this a concussion thing? Like a, a joke? We're playing a trick on new parents? What, what is this? Uh, but, but those first moments of fatherhood, they are long gone. We got through the diapers, and we taught them how to crawl and walk, and we're going to teach them how to drive, I guess. We're going to do this. But, you know, I, I think those old parents were right. We... We now have four kids, a high schooler, a junior higher, sixth grader, a little tag along who's in kindergarten, and it, it, it did go fast. It went really fast. That first moment when I wasn't ready and was so underprepared, since then it's just all cruising by so, so fast. And as a father, as a dad, I think you can relate. As I think about parenting, especially my role as a father, I'm super aware that this time is going quickly, that it's going by so, so fast. It's 
I can't stop it. There's no pause button. They're getting big, and the time when they'll leave my home is getting closer and, and closer. My parenting, my influence, it, it's, it's becoming pretty minimal. That moment is approaching faster and faster. If you've successfully navigated the, you know, the teenage years and the high school years, um, actually, I have a bunch of questions for you. So if you could hang out afterwards, that would be helpful for me. But if you have, I know you're thinking, brother, the, the hardest moments are still in front of you. Uh, and I, I know that. I'll take your word for it. I know that because they can walk and eat by themselves, they can do their homework. I know that my job as a, as a dad isn't over, but I'm aware that the day that they'll leave my home is getting closer. These days are going fast, and I want to make the, the most of the time that I have with them. I want to be the kind of dad that the Lord wants me to be. I don't think you have to be a pastor to have that kind of concern. Whether you've just entered into fatherhood or you know, you, you've been at this for a while, every Christian father should say that. I want that. I want to be the kind of dad that God wants me to be. And that just you know, raises the most obvious question. What is that? <laughs> what kind of dad does God want me to be? How does God define my role as a father? What's it look like, you know? And I know this is a pastor's conference too, so, you know, pastors, how how are we helping the fathers in our churches? What are we doing? You know, what does God want those fathers in our church to be like? How can we encourage them? How can we help them for this huge task in front of them? 45 minutes seems like a kind of a drop in a bucket to tackle this task on fatherhood. They give the junior high pastor all these tough topics. Uh, We can't be exhaustive. And I I know you know that. I want to say that. We we can't cover everything, but my goal is to simply get us just headed in the right direction. I want us to think about, you know, fatherhood in its foundational form, biblical fatherhood. What is it? So junior high outline, prepare yourself. I want to talk about the role and the goal. The role of fatherhood and the the goal of fatherhood. If this parenting thing is is happening so fast, this fatherhood thing is, is cruising by so quickly, then what are we doing? Are we doing it right Are we ready for our kids to leave our houses and our care? Have we prepared them to be adults? And, you know, perhaps all dads begin this dad thing not exactly ready, not exactly prepared. We may begin that way, still thinking there's, you know, there's time for me to to do things, thinking we have time to do that stuff, but we can't end that way. I don't want to end that way thinking that I still had time to impact them or teach them or help them. I don't think you want to end that way. We don't want our children to leave our house and and our influence with, you know, we don't want them leaving with us saying, I didn't know it would go so fast. I don't know if I did what I was supposed to do. So what are we supposed to do? God's expectations for fathers. Let Let me just take us to the most obvious Verse in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. 
Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. So what makes a good dad? What makes a good father in the eyes of the Lord? Well, number one, a father knows his God-given role. A father knows his God-given role. Influence of a father, it's, it's enormous. I don't think I have to tell you guys that. The, the role that a dad plays on his children I don't have to overwhelm you with like depressing dad statistics. You, you, you know that. You know it already. Often dads don't realize the effect they have on their sons until they realize how badly they've blown the opportunity. Children are so easily wrecked by their father's negative influence. So often because they ignore their God-given responsibility. Fathers are designed by God to be leaders in the home. Like I tell my junior high students, that's a good thing to write down. Fathers are designed by God to be leaders in the home. Fathers are in charge Pastors, we have to teach the fathers in our church this vital truth. A father's role is to lead. What happens in the home is because of dad. Dad's influence is huge. And it seems that dads are starting to confuse their responsibility. Dads have begun to sort of replace their influence in the home with their responsibility to provide thinking that that's what they're supposed to do. In our own lives as dads or in the lives of the the fathers at our churches, we see this. Dad's priorities kind of shifted a little bit. I would just say it this way. Dads seem too busy to be dads. We we, we recognize that, that the, the 21st century father is prioritizing work and personal pursuits over his own home. Today's dad acts as if bringing home the the check is where his role starts and stops, where it begins and ends. I did my part. I'm providing. Mom, you, you do the rest. That's not the role. A father is called to be the leader. You know the story in Genesis chapter 3 quite well. God pronounced a judgment on Adam for not leading his wife. His leadership was bad. Adam wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. His influence wasn't what it was supposed to be. And God emphasizes the influence of a father and what that influence is supposed to be, not only on his wife, but also on his children. Deuteronomy chapter 6, it serves as that sort of famous and familiar example to us. Moses emphasizing fathers to their sons. He says in Deuteronomy 6, These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You could... Say that again, father, you know, to your son. You teach them diligently to your children, Deuteronomy 6, 7. You, dad, talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. Leading his wife and teaching his children, that's God's design. This is the role for the husband and for the father. 
So Paul didn't make these up. When we come to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23, Paul says that the husband is the head of the wife. And here in chapter 6, verse 4, Paul singles out the father. He targets dad and the importance of this father's instruction in the life of his child. Fathers are the leader of the home. The father ultimately responsible for the way he and his wife will raise their children. The wife plays a part. The wife's responsible. She plays a role, of course. But the father is ultimately responsible. He's the one who's leading. A father leads. A father should lead his wife as they decide the best way to discipline and teach each child in their home. If you're a father, you better know your your role. God appoints the father to be the spiritual leader of the home. This has always, always, always been God's plan for dad. If you're a dad, God has appointed you. And God has called you and he's chosen you to be the spiritual leader of your home. So this is where the role begins. God's plan for you as a dad is that you're the one who should lead. You're the one who prepares his children. You're the one who instructs his children for their future. You're the one who's called to be responsible. A dad should know that that God's plan is for them to leave a a legacy of of godliness for their kids. A, A dad's influence is... It's a serious legacy. All that dads are, all that they love, all that they care about, they pass that on to their children. They pass that stuff on. You, you guys know this. So many of you are forced to cheer for a team that is not worth cheering for. They're horrible, and yet year after year, you cheer, and it's nothing but disappointment and and heartbreak. Why? Because your dad loved that team. Arizona Diamondbacks. Any fans? That's just good fathering in here then. Good. Tell your dad thank you. Brother Pastor, they lost 110 games last year. The only logical explanation to be a fan of the Diamondbacks is a father's influence. Or you've, you've heard, you've caught yourself saying something that you're like, That's, that was my dad. That was his voice. That was his, his words. And you're like, is he, is he here? <laughs> Hope he's not here. Dad's impact on the kids is such a huge influence. In terms of of a legacy, you are the one who God has chosen to pass down, not just a love for a crummy baseball team or a catchy turn of phrase or a bank account, but you are the one who's supposed to leave a spiritual legacy. You're to pass down a spiritual inheritance. Jesus says in Mark 8, 36, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? 
As dads, we can't fall asleep on this principle. And pastor, don't let the fathers in your church miss this. Unbelieving dads, by default, are going to be dads that only focus on secondary things, on helping their kids inherit the world. They might even be amazing fathers. They might be involved and caring and loving. They might sign up to coach all the teams and they're making breakfast on Saturday and all that stuff. They're all in, but they're not doing what God has called them to do. So as pastors, obviously our first priority and our greatest influence on the dads in our church is to preach the gospel. To preach the gospel to those fathers, praying that they would be saved by God's grace. That they would begin to follow Christ and as new creations begin to live by biblical convictions. That they would become godly husbands and godly fathers that desire ultimately to see their kids come to faith in Christ. That's where we have to start. But even for those Christian fathers, dads can spend this time that's going so fast only teaching their kids secondary things. Yeah, we want our children to be happy and employable. We want our kids to be able to, you know, change a flat tire. We want our kids to to be hard workers, uh, responsible additions to the community. We want them to be smart and kind. Kids are going to learn all that stuff from their parents. They're going to learn that stuff, especially from their fathers. But knowing the role that God has called fathers to, we have to prioritize that God has determined that a dad's influence is to be one that's mainly spiritual. God appoints the father to be the spiritual leader of the home. Pastor, I hope you're trying to pass on to your children, not that their dad is a great pastor, but that he loves Jesus. That's what we need to teach our kids. Dad's far from perfect, but he loves the Lord, and he loves the word of God, and he wants to follow it. And you try to love your kids the way Jesus loves you. That's what you're trying to to leave your children. This is the role that fathers are called to. Fathers must pass down an uncompromising love and a fear of God and a humility to submit to his word and a teachable spirit willing to obey and a desire to reflect the love of God to those that he loves most. That's the spiritual inheritance you want to leave your children. That's the inheritance that your children will say, I'm so glad that dad left us that. Pastors, this, this is the role. This is the responsibility that fathers in your church need to know is theirs. Father knows his God-given role. What what about the goal? Father knows the goal. I might even say he knows the gospel-focused goal. So glad God makes this simple for us dads. 
one verse. It's about all we can handle. And I might just be speaking for myself, but I like simple. I need simple. God wants a dad to know what the target is, where he's going. He, he wants you, dad, to know what you're aimed at, what the goal is. A father has to know where he wants his, his children to end up. So what's a godly dad aimed at? It's right here in Ephesians 6.4. Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Those words there in, in verse 4, it reminds us of the kind of the overarching theme here in Ephesians of what God has always wanted parents to do. It's the discipline and instruction, not of the world, but of the Lord. That's what we're supposed to teach our children. God's always wanted this for his people. God has always wanted that we teach our children and lead our children to the fear of God. Back to Deuteronomy 6, verse 1. This is the commandment, the statutes, the judgments, which Yahweh your God has commanded me to teach you, that you might do them in the land where you're going over to possess it, so that you and your son and your grandson might fear the world. No, fear the Lord. Fear the Lord your God. Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And you hear a father's pleading with his son, listen to your dad's instruction. Son, listen, fear of the Lord. This is where it all starts. This is the, this is the goal. How do we do this? It's at this point in most you know, fatherhood talks that you'd be inspired and motivated by 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Some of you probably have a t-shirt with that verse on it. Be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. This verse dominates the men's retreats. Rightfully so. Everybody, you know, gets their own little bottle of beard oil and we wear flannels and throw axes and call it a day. And I'm not mad at that. I just... I just want this verse to to be explained because it's so helpful to our cause here this afternoon as we think about fatherhood. As pastors, you know the Corinthian church well. You know it was a mess. You know it it was tolerating sin. And maybe one of its biggest weaknesses was that it lacked godly examples. They needed an influx of, of men, of godly men, exemplary men to follow and imitate. When Paul says, act like a man, it's not about muscles or mustaches or any of that stuff. It's about faith. This is about dads acting like men who are alert to their faith. They stand firm in their faith. They're strong in their faith. So it's a, it's a requirement for men then to live in a courageous way. Just use all the buzzwords. We got them all out. Why courage? Well, he's going to need it. You need courage to know what you believe and to have convictions to live them. No matter what the world is doing or saying, we stand firm. We, we're, we're strong. We, we obey our Bible even when it comes with a price. 
We're willing, willing to, to make hard decisions as we persevere in our faith. That, that's a man. Not weak, not wavering, not, oh, maybe today, I don't know. Let's, let's not make a big stink today. Can't be intimidated by the world we, we live in. Listen, I, I want you to be the man of the house. You, you need to be. Kill the scary spider. Fix the dishwasher. Be a hard worker. But don't miss this. You know, we have to see this. Being strong and, and courageous. It isn't like, you know, being like Captain America. It's about living according to God's word. That's what it is. It, it's being bold, not compromising, not fearing men, but fearing Yahweh. That's what it is. Dad, that's a great place to start. And pastor, this is a great place to encourage the fathers in your church. Are you the man God's calling you to be? Are you acting like a man? Do you want to be a good father? Then have a faith that's worth imitating. Have biblical convictions. Be strong about them. It's an awful question. Do you want your sons to be like you? Do you want your daughter to marry someone like you? Are you the example? Man, if the plan involves you teaching your children to fear the Lord, then just let me ask you simply, do you fear the Lord? Does your life reflect a life that fears Yahweh? That sort of question is really the topic that confronts you in the book of Ephesians, especially as we get sort of into the back half. But this is the, the question that, that helps us ask us, you know, are we living like a Christian? Are we walking like a Christian? Ephesians 2 verse 10 calls us to walk in the good works which God has called us to. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1, we're urged to walk or live in a manner worthy of this calling to which we've been called, to, to even walk in unity with others. Chapter 4 verse 17, we can't keep living how we used to, like the Gentiles, like the godless. Chapter 5 verse 2, we're to walk in love. Chapter 5, verse 8, we're to walk in light. And verse 15 of chapter 5, we're to live carefully, walk in wisdom, making the best use of the days because they're evil. It's all about the, the Christian life. So uh, all Christians, including fathers, need to live worthy of their salvation, to live in a way that reflects that new creation that you are because of the gospel. This is it. Walk in unity, love, light, wisdom. It's a call to godliness. It's a, a call to holy living. Even chapter 5, verse 1, you're, you're called to be an imitator of God. It's a, it's a huge command by Paul. So important for a father to start here. But before we really talk about these two commands in verse 6, Every father needs to ask himself this question. Am I walking worthy of the gospel? Am I living how I should be living? Is my life going to be a contradiction to what I'm supposed to be teaching my children? 
What do we do if we're not the example what we should be? What do we do when we have dads come to us as pastors and say, I I know I'm not doing this right. Pastor, help me. What do I do? I think Colossians chapter 3 is sort of a a condensed version of, of some of the instruction we find here in Ephesians. There Paul calls the Christians to stay focused on Christ, to put to death sins of the mind and the heart, to, to watch their sinful speech and to replace that sinfulness with compassion and kindness and humility and meekness and patience and forgiveness, putting sin to death. And really, Paul there just says it's, it's just putting on the love of Christ. This is how we're called to live. And Paul knows that's difficult. He knows the challenges that that is for a Christian So he gives some, I think, helpful encouragement in verse 15 of Colossians 3. Three little encouragements in a row. Just to let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. To let your life be filled with his word. And to live your days representing him. And all that you do and all that you say, you're just living for Christ. That's a great place for maybe a new Christian father or one who hasn't been doing this the best way is a great place for him to to begin. This is how a Christian dad lives. He's trying to fill his mind with Christ. He's trying to put sin to death. He's trying to live like his savior. He also isn't a stress ball. He doesn't panic. He isn't worried. Why? Because he lets the peace of Christ rule in his heart. And a dad like that, he knows his Bible and he wants to know it. He's in it all the time and he's he's living to the the best of his ability to to represent Christ in all that he does. He's not perfect. But this is how he lives. He knows the goal. Pastor, I think this is where you too can be so helpful. You can help the dads in your church understand them, understand this, help them to build their lives on biblical convictions, to, to know confidently who God is, teach that dad how to, how to study his Bible on his own, teach him how to, to know what it, what it means and how to grow in his knowledge of, of Scripture, teach him to be men of the Word and, and men of prayer. You can be an example of that, pastor. Pray for those men. Model a life of prayer, prayer that seeks wisdom and discernment from above. Praying for the men in your church to to navigate the difficulties of being a father. Teach them also to be men of the church. Why? You already know. Our instincts as men is to do all this by ourselves. To do all this on our own. To fix it, I'll fix it. (laughs) Our sinful hearts insist that we don't need any help. Pastor, help these fathers to know that the church is such a valuable gift for them. It's filled with so many godly men. Men who not only know how to live godly, but are also godly fathers. Men willing to be disciplers. Point these new dads or these dads who are learning how to be Godly fathers, point them to to, to men like that in your church. That's you. 
Dad, if you feel like you're falling short, just remind yourself, I just need to be a, a man of the word and prayer, a man who loves his church, who, who, who loves being in church, being equipped to do the work of ministry. It's a great place to begin. The goal of fatherhood, it begins here with you being the kind of dad worth imitating, the kind of dad who leaves a, a legacy that's worth something. Uh, and an inheritance that uh, a child would, would actually want. But let's get specific. we got a few minutes here. Let's just get into this verse. Verse 6, two thoughts emerge from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Two commands, one what not to do and one what to do instead. Again, it's simple. What's the goal of fatherhood? Not only are we to be an example worth following, I hope you've got that, but specifically fathers are not to provoke their children to anger. Do not provoke your children to anger. This is a command that speaks to the way that a father treats his child. This is behavior from the father that leads a child to be frustrated, angry. You could use the word exasperated. I wouldn't. I'm a junior high pastor, but you could. It's a big word, but you got it. Exasperated. For my conversations with parents, I I would say that this first command is pretty misunderstood. The number of parents who think, how do I discipline my child without causing them to be angry? So we don't. We don't discipline because little Timmy gets angry every time. That's not what this means. Other parents who think, I'm going to allow my children to do whatever they want, however they want, whenever they want, because I don't want them to be angry. Also, not what this is. Children need discipline. They need your guidance and protection. They need your care, your correction. Provoking your child to anger is about frustrating your child, frustration that drives them to anger, that drives them to resentment. And that kind of frustration can be sourced in so many things that a father does. Our pastor gives a top 10 in his book, Brave Dad. I would commend it highly to you. He talks about overprotection to overindulgence for our children, abuse of neglect, too much criticism, even just straight-up abuse. So many ways we can frustrate our children. I would add to that list just an additional concern. Fathers can exasperate by being inconsistent. Here's what I mean by that. You need to have clear rules, Dad, and you need to have clear consequences. Be consistent. Lack of consistency with rules and especially consequences in the home are going to lead that child of yours to be frustrated, exasperated. It's going to be frustrating for your wife, but especially for your kids. Mom can't be the only disciplinarian. And if there are consequences established in your home for disobedience and you don't always follow through, it's confusing and frustrating for your kid to know when you mean it and when you don't. God does not treat us that way, and we shouldn't treat our children that way. Our pastor says it this way so well, so I'm just going to quote him. If a child lives with criticism, he learns to condemn. 
If a child lives with hostility, he learns to fight. If a child lives with ridicule, he learns to be shy and afraid. If a child lives with shame, he learns to feel guilty. If a child lives with intolerance, he learns to be angry. On the other hand, if a child lives with tolerance, he learns to be patient. If a child lives with encouragement, he learns confidence. If a child lives with praise, he learns to appreciate. If a child lives with fairness, he learns justice. If a child lives with secure love, he learns to trust. If a child lives with approval, he learns to enjoy himself. And if a child lives with love, he looks to find love in the world. Dad, don't provoke your children. Instead, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Well, what do we learn from this second command here? Well, first, our children are not going to get there on their own. They need to be brought up. Children need their fathers to teach them and lead them and show them and help them. We have to bring them up and to bring them up in the discipline of the Lord and instruction of the Lord. That's a verb, bring them up, that informs us that our help here, our influence here needs to be intentional and constant. It's both of those. You have a goal you can't get there by sitting on the couch. It's not going to happen by accident or by chance. You have to be involved. Not doing anything can be just as destructive as doing the wrong thing. Our raising up, it isn't a one-time thing. It's constant. It's continual. It's intentional discipline and instruction. Uh, I would just say it this way. Dad, you need to be on your game all the time. You've got to be a dad who's willing to correct and warn no matter what kind of day you've had. You need to be a dad who's willing to teach his children too in a, in a gentle way, a nourishing way. That's what this is about. We're to teach our children to be responsible and to function in society, but the ultimate goal moves way past that. Fathers are to teach their children about the Lord. We do it all the time. Our instruction is ultimately just aimed at this, helping our children understand the gospel and understand their need for it. Aimed at helping us helping our children understand God's expectation for them. This is what God's expecting of you as you become a young woman or a young man. This is how God calls you to live. My job is to do all that. This is the goal. Dads, take the lead. As a father, you need to be worthy of imitating. You need to show what it looks like to follow Christ. And to do that, we cannot be dads who are too busy to be dads. We can't be absentee dads. We're part of God's plan, and we, we have to be intentional, and we have to be constant in the bringing up of our kids. 
These moments with our kids, <laughs> they are going fast. They're going to go fast. As the culture grows darker and the days more evil, and children have always needed their fathers, but they especially need them today. Children need their fathers to be this kind of father. I don't think it's by accident that right after this, Paul quickly moves to the whole armor of God. As I think about Paul's instruction, and I know you men know Ephesians well, as we think about his instruction to you know, the, the marriage relationship and the parent-child relationship and the work relationship, it's hard. It's simple, but it's hard. And I don't think it's an accident that he moves right into the whole armor of God. And chapter 6, verse 10 is maybe just a great place for us to end this afternoon. Dad, I know it's hard. But be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. You need to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. It's hard. You need to rely on the Lord for help. You, you, you run to him for help every morning. Every afternoon when you pull into that driveway or late evening when you're tired and you've had a day, this is the most important part of my day right here. Lord, give us strength. Heavenly Father, I do pray for these fathers in the room this afternoon. I pray for these pastors who are fathers and for the, just the fathers represented by these guys, the, the, the fathers in their churches. Oh Lord, as fathers, would you help us to embrace the role that you've called us to and help us to understand the goal of our parenting. Would you give us the strength to do it well and give us the wisdom we certainly need to lead our wives and our children well. Father, I ask that you would help us to be imitators of you, to, to love our families the way that you love us, to depend on your strength, Lord, that we might leave a legacy of faith to our kids. And I pray this in the name of Christ, our Savior and King. Amen.